Welcome back to Resident Strangers. We're so glad that you're joining us today. I'm Sarah Shallow, and I'm joined in the studio with Steve Ingram and Rich Holland. Hi, Sarah. Hey. You doing good? I'm doing great. Ready to go? I'm ready to go. Have your espresso? I had espresso over ice right before this, so I'm (laughs) I'm raring to go. An exciting episode. (laughs) How could you need coffee when we're going to get to talk theology? That's exciting enough. You're right. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit, and this is a topic that I think, you know, of all the parts of the Trinity, maybe there's the most questions about. I could be wrong about mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. but we're going to start off. I'm going to read from our doctrinal statement. We're at Desert Springs Community Church in Goodyear, and this is our doctrinal statement that we as a church hold to, and this is found on our church website. We'll have that linked in the show notes if you want to read it, but This is number three on the statement, and this is what it says. The Holy Spirit is God, equal with the Father and Son in essence, nature, power, and glory. He is the one who convicts men of sin, regenerates, seals, indwells, and baptizes each believer into the body of Christ at conversion. Right on. Amen. Yeah. That's a pretty good statement. I wonder who wrote that one. Well, Steve, you mentioned uh, a couple of episodes, you know, when we're talking about theology, that includes a lot of subjects, but when we're talking about God, sometimes people use the, the term theology proper. And that's sort of still where we are as we're walking through these various issues, talking about who God is, and we come to the Holy Spirit, right? And so um, we talked about the Trinity a couple of episodes ago, we talked about God's triune nature. And so if you... Uh, that Sarah, that statement you just read, right? It started by saying that the spirit is equal with the father and the son. So we said some words about the father before we're going to have an episode coming up about the son. And so we're going to talk about the Holy spirit at this point. Um, and I, I guess I, I kind of wanted to start if I could by, uh, talking about acts 13 too, um, as sort of a way to think about some of these things and identifying the Holy spirit as God and maybe correcting some potential misunderstandings, right? So the, the two things that I, I guess I wanted to focus on, uh, first is that the Holy Spirit is a, a person. The Holy Spirit is a person, right? The Holy Spirit is not an it. It's the Holy Spirit is a he, right? It's not just the feeling. Right, or the, or the force, right? Like you know, Star Wars yes. terminology there. It's not, not an impersonal force. Uh, the Holy Spirit is a him, right? And there's lots of places in scripture we could look to, but I was thinking about, um, Acts 13, 2, and it, you know, it's where Barnabas and Saul are, are being commissioned. And this is, uh, this is what it says. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, and so now here's the important part, right? So it's quoting something that the Holy Spirit says. Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Now, I don't want to talk about the subject of the verse. I want to talk about what we learn by the fact that this is happening, right? What is it that the, the Holy Spirit is saying something? So the Holy Spirit, first of all, speaks. Well, that's what a person does, right? A person speaks. The Holy Spirit uses first person pronouns. The Holy Spirit says, I have called them to this thing. The Holy Spirit has a will, right? Namely for for Saul and Barnabas to be uh, commissioned to this task. The Holy Spirit is exercising authority, right? This is and the kind of authority that belongs to, to God alone. And the Holy Spirit is the one who's calling these specific individuals to this ministry, right? So the Holy Spirit is a person 
And of course, the Holy Spirit is God. It sort of comes out there, but another passage we might look at is uh, Hebrews 10, uh, 15 and 17. And this is really, really fascinating because it's a quotation from Jeremiah 31. And, and listen to this. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us. For after he had said before, quote, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will write them. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. So the author of the book of Hebrews here says that the Holy Spirit says that uh, he's making the covenant, right? So he calls him the Lord, and that, the, of course, the word Lord there in in Jeremiah, that's the, the name of God, Yahweh. It's Yahweh. The, the words there. So we see that the Holy Spirit is a person and that the Holy Spirit is God in these passages. One of the great passages I like is in Acts chapter 5, because that's a... If you've studied the Bible much, it's a story that's uh, kind of interesting. You have Ananias and Sapphira. Chapter 4 ends with uh, people being very generous, uh, selling pieces of property, bringing the money. Well, Ananias and Sapphira did that, kept back part of the price, which was fine, but brought it and said, hey, we sold it. This is the proceeds, and we're going to give it to the Lord. And so they were lying. And Peter under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, knows that they're lying, right? That, so again, you, you have the Holy Spirit communicating to him. And he says here in verse 3, he says, Why is Satan put in your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Keep hmm. back, right? You, it was in your possession. Yeah. You didn't have to sell the land. You could have kept it all once you sold it, but you're lying. And then when he comes back in chapter 4, this is what he says. Why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Mm -hmm. And so the Holy Spirit is not a sub-God. He's not the force of God. He is a person, uh, one of the three in the Godhead, and therefore is to be reverenced and understood just like the Father and the Son. And, and elsewhere in the New Testament, we get other descriptions of the Spirit that emphasize these properties of God that we talked about before and, and talk, probably talk about again. But, you know, Hebrews 9.15, the Spirit is eternal. Psalm 139, the Spirit is omnipresent. Uh, first, first Corinthians 2, the Spirit is omniscient. And, and it just goes on and on all the way through Scripture. The, the Spirit is love, holiness. We get all those kinds of things. And one of the important things, I think, as a believer— to understand about the Holy Spirit is that is, in essence, the person of the Godhead who lives within us. He is the He is the one. We talk about inviting Jesus into our heart and all those kind of expressions, and those are all true. But what Scripture tells us is actually the Spirit who resides within us. That's the, that's the promise, the guarantee of eternal life that that we are given is that the Holy Spirit lives within us as a believer. We read about in Hebrews, you know, he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Well, that's the Holy Spirit within us. And so to understand that God himself lives within us in the person of the Holy Spirit, and he is there to guide us. He is there to protect us. He is there to help us uh, think correctly and all of those things, but he is actually in us and with us is such a wonderful truth for believers. 
Yeah, I wonder if we could just kind of focus in on that a little bit more about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, right? So we've already said who the Spirit is. The Spirit is a person, uh, a person of the Godhead, one of the members of the Trinity, and the Spirit is God. And so we, we covered all those things. But Steve, what you're just saying then makes me think maybe we should kind of pause and think for a couple of minutes, what is the ministry of the Holy Spirit? Now, you mentioned to believers, but I think scripture also gives us clues about what the Holy Spirit does ministering to unbelievers. Oh, absolutely. Uh, In fact, when Jesus first tells his disciples that the Holy Spirit is going to come, part of the reason he is coming is to convict. Uh, It's it's to convict the world of of sin and righteousness and judgment. And so it's part of the work of the Spirit not just working in the lives of believers, but of unbelievers, of showing them truth and revealing truth yeah, to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, it's a very important work. And again, when you look at the Godhead, the one thing I think that you see, and you see it in their names, Father, Son, and Spirit, and we look at those relationally, but really they're, they're functional relational mm-hmm. as to the roles that they play uh, in in the Godhead. The Father is the one who who determines, and the Son is the one who then goes and fulfills, and then it's the Spirit that empowers. Uh, it's interesting when you even look at the life of Jesus, his ministry of healing and miracles start after which the Holy Spirit has come upon him at his baptism. And again, does that mean Jesus didn't have the power to do miracles? No, he did. He's God. But he chose to do them through the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit. This is the activity of the Spirit at work. Yes. And so the Spirit has a very important role plays in our life, but he also plays in the life of of the unsaved. And so one of the things that, you know, from a practical perspective, that God is just always kind of impressed upon my heart. You know, we pray for people to come to faith in Christ. Well, at least I hope we do, right? We have those people in our heart and in our life that we care about. And I think one of the, the effectual prayers that we need to learn to pray for the unsaved is that the Holy Spirit would be able to do his work of convicting them of their sin. Because I can share the gospel, but if the Holy Spirit is not convicting them, right, that work's not being done, that it's not going to, you know, it's not going to take, right? It's, it's, as Paul says, it's foolishness. And so it's the Holy Spirit that is working in people's lives. And so often, you know, because I want to share the gospel with them and to understand, well, maybe the Holy Spirit knows I'm not the best avenue here. And so one of the things I've learned to pray is, you know, would you just send someone into their life? Would you put them through the circumstances, right? Be working um, in that so that uh, you're doing that work of softening their heart and bringing them to understand the truth of the gospel. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, you know, a lot of stuff, Steve, both of you are saying it is resonating with me, but I think, you know, we as a a staff, we gather to pray together every day before we start our work day. And it's, it's a really good time for us to come together. And, you know, sometimes we're, we're trusted with these prayer requests that it's like, oh my, we don't even know what to pray sometimes because, you know, and I've had times in my own life like that too. And so I think there's a comfort in that knowing that 
you know, if I've shared in love, the truth, you know, the Holy Spirit will work. I can trust that, that he will do that. So. Absolutely. And Paul even talks about in the book of Romans, how the Holy Spirit even intercedes for us sometimes when yeah. we don't know how to pray. Yes. Yeah. Because obviously the spirit knows the mind of the father because he's God. And so uh, it's, it's, again, to me, such comfort to understand that God lives in me in the person, the Holy Spirit. And he, he knows and he understands and he's with me and he is working uh, to do the will of the father in me, which is what helped make me become more like Jesus. A couple other things that I hear jumping off the page at me about this doctrinal statement that I'm looking here, right? So we've talked about a couple of different aspects of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, uh, but maybe we could focus in on just for a second, the, again, going back to the life of the believer. Our, our statement says that the Holy Spirit regenerates, seals, indwells, and baptizes each believer into the body of the Christ. Maybe we should say a couple of words about each one of those, right? Because sure. we think about... Uh, regeneration, right? That's the idea of being born again, that it is, if we are dead, we are lost, we are separated from God. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. When we pray and, and we, we put our faith in Jesus and we pray and ask for salvation, this is a work of the spirit who regenerates us, who brings us, makes us alive, uh, in Christ, right? It is. And we're sealed, right? There's that, like, I think about uh, Ephesians 1, 13, right? This idea of a guarantee. Is that, is that how you would describe it, Steve? Yeah. The seal, like a guarantee. Yeah, it's like, a pledge, yeah. right? This is what is ours. This is kind of the down payment of all that we have. I think that's the heart of that, if, that Ephesians 1 passage of all that we have because we belong to Christ. And the, the down payment, the the pledge, the guarantee that we will get there and experience it all is the fact that we have the indwelling Holy Spirit mm. today. So maybe not to jump ahead into a future episode, <laughs> but would this go along with the idea of can you lose your salvation? It, it will. I'm, I'm sure we'll come back to that when we get to soteriology. I think we need to. We'll come back to those guarantees. Yeah. 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 So if you're given a pledge, but the pledge can be taken away. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it, I mean, it also goes to, you know, who is it that's saving me? I mean, I don't think yeah. I th it's obviously an error to say that I'm saving myself. And if the Holy Spirit is the one who's regenerating me, it seems very strange to say that I could die again. That seems weird. Yeah, it does. Or that I have to now keep myself. Right. So, but we'll leave that. That's a yeah. good one. Put that down on the... Yeah, the we'll we'll get there. Right? We'll get there. Before we wrap up, though, on this episode, I kind of want to come back to at least one other thing here. This last part of our statement where it talks about baptizing each believer into the body of Christ and maybe say a couple of words about... Uh, the Holy Spirit's role in the church, in the, mm -hmm. in the, in the body of Christ. Right. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of things we could say about that, I guess, but right. It's, I guess, I don't know what thoughts you have about how, you know, it's the Holy Spirit's work that is gifting us, equipping us to serve as a member. You know, we talk about those, the, the metaphor of a like a literal body and about how each person is like a member, a hand or a foot or an eye or an ear. And we see this, I think, Steve, uh, as a part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, that, that God is equipping us through the power of the Spirit to serve and function as an integral component of a body, right? Absolutely. 
In fact, I think when you did your podcast, you really leaned into this. I am smiling so much. I was going to do another shameless plug, but Steve did it for there me. There you go. Because we really are saved into community. Yeah. We are baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit at that moment of faith. With that, he does gift us. Uh, for a work in the body. But more importantly, he places us in this community where discipleship, becoming more like Christ is going to happen. And so the body of Christ is a huge place uh, for each believer, so much so that the moment that you invite him into your life in salvation, you put your faith in Jesus, you are placed by the Holy Spirit as a forever member of this community. Mm -hmm. And then he gifts us to be able to serve in that community. He gives us a role. He is such an important thing. And, you know, today there are, you know, what is it? Uh, well, I love Jesus, but I don't like his church. Uh, yeah. right? <laughs> and that is, that's, I know where they printed that one up and it was south of heaven. How can I put it like that? <laughs> That's right. Because the Holy Spirit saves us and then places us within the community of the body of Christ, which is the church. And yes, you can talk about a universal church. Maybe that's another discussion yeah. for another day. But the, the tangible body of the church is the local church. And so having a place in community where the Holy Spirit is both using you uh, because he's gifted you, the body of Christ needs you to serve and to use your gifting, but you need to be in a place to receive the gifting of others. Right. That happens in the local church. And so for, for someone to say, well, I love Jesus, but I just don't love his church and I'm going to stay out. That's, that is antithetical. It just doesn't yeah, it's, work. It's definitely contrary to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It seems clear to me from Scripture that the Holy Spirit is about the business, in part at least, of joining actual people who look at each other in the eyeballs into a family, building us into a kingdom. And so if I'm rebelling against that, and if I'm trying to leave and separate myself from God's people, then I'm rebelling against the ministry of the Holy Spirit in my life and then in the life of other believers. And then maybe not theological, but very practical. Here's the reality. When the enemy can get us separated can get us alone that's when he has a heyday it is in the community of the church with other believers around us speaking into our life listening we're apart that's there's such security and protection in that through the holy spirit but when we're out there by ourselves we've isolated ourselves i mean if you've ever watched the discovery channel the lion the cheetah never goes for the herd. They go for the one that's over there by itself. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to be in community. That's why, that's why at salvation, we are placed in a community by the Holy Spirit. We are baptized into the body of Christ because we need each other as we walk in, you know, the title of this is resident strangers. We're not home. That's right. We're in a hostile environment. We need community. 
So it's not just that the Holy Spirit indwells me as a believer. It's that the Holy Spirit indwells his church. So here's a little tidbit. Uh, I, I, I'm, but I don't want to make people think I know Greek. I hate it when people t- talk about Greek when they don't know Greek. So sorry, <laughs> I'm, I don't mean to do this, but I do. I did pick up a few tidbits about Greek. You're familiar with the phrase in the New Testament about your body is a temple. Well, there's, it's used in a bunch of different places in the New Testament. Almost always when that phrase is used, the you is in the plural and the body is in the singular. It's mm. all y'all plural body singular is a temple. And what, what's being discussed there is the church. The spirit dwells in the church. Wow, that's your takeaway for today. Now, some <laughs> well, of you Greek scholars out there need to go look, and make sure he's right. <laughs> well, this has been such a great conversation. We're unfortunately running out of time, but I, I hope this has helped give people a, a better understanding. I'm sure it has. You know, I've been encouraged today. Um, and in all seriousness, you know, over the summer, in particularly on the Stories Collective podcast, we featured so many testimonies about how community is what brought about so much life change. So I would encourage everyone to go listen to those episodes we featured over the summer. Of course, listen to Rich's episode. That was from January. We will have Steve on eventually. But as always, don't worry. We're going to continue this conversation next week. So, hey, before you track it down, because I see I still actually have about 30 seconds. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Steve's in control of the clock now. Listen, (laughs) maybe you're out there today and you're you're feeling alone. You're... as someone who's put their faith and trust in Christ, you're going through a hard time and then you feel like God is distant. Uh, God maybe has forgotten about you. He's not distant. He's in you. He knows right where you are. And we may not understand in the moment of why these things, but the promise we have is that he lives within us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And he He can take all of these things in your heart and life, as difficult as they are, and yet as you lean into him, he can use them to make you more like Jesus. So keep looking at him. Amen. Thank you, Steve. We'll be back next week. See you then. See you. Thanks for listening to Resident Strangers, a podcast ministry of Desert Springs Community Church in Goodyear, Arizona. Resident Strangers is hosted by Steve Ingram, Rich Holland, and me, Sarah Shallow. Our show is produced by Brandon and Brittany Petrie, and again, me, Sarah Shallow. If you like our podcast, please remember to share, subscribe, leave a review, and visit dscchurch.com for more information.